Welcome to The Open Bell, a podcast for trumpet players, by trumpet players, and a cornet guy. I'm your host, Bill Stoneman, and I'm joined by my good friends and fellow trumpet geeks, Joey Tartell, and the Halloween hologram himself, Brian Appleby Weinberg. This especially spooky episode of The Open Bell is brought to you by the World Trumpet Federation. Just head on over to www.worldtrumpetfederation.com to get started on your journey to the truth about trumpet. Home to the Open Bell podcast and so much more, the WATF is here to help you, your students, and anyone else who is ready to get better. You can also feel free to email us at theopenbell at gmail.com to share your thoughts, reflections, or if you need help with something. Mostly, we are standing by to tell you that you are doing it wrong. The WTF was formed to be your go-to source for the truth about trumpet and some other stuff too. And by Dylan Music. Hang on a second. www.dillonmusic.com. Got it. www.dillonmusic.com. Whoa, this is a great site. You guys totally have to check this out. I definitely need to spend some more time here, and so do you. Dylan is ready to help you get that next great horn and also get the best deal possible. And if you see something you like but want more information, just pick up the phone and call 732-635-3399 and talk to the one and only Jim McCombs, who is standing by ready to help you with all of your trumpeting and brass player needs. And if you need mouthpiece work done, he'll connect you with Chef Perry Sutton, natural trumpet golfer extraordinaire. You see, since 1992, Steve Dillon has been in business to serve performers, teachers, students, and anyone else who loves having the right equipment for the right gig. And that is why his store in Woodbridge, New Jersey, is a destination for musicians along the eastern seaboard. If you can't make it, call the number I just mentioned or go to www.dillonmusic.com and use the promo code OPENBELL to get 5% off of all your accessories. Dillon Music. Musicians Helping Musicians Since 1992. The Open Bell Podcast is comprised of three segments. Warming up, couple things, and no offense. We use these segments to hover, haggle, and handle information that we believe is helpful for happy trumpeters and hungry cornetists alike. Gentlemen, shall we? Each week, Warming Up is brought to you by ChopSaver, that perfect all-natural lip treatment created by the one and only Dan Gosling. You know, when I need lip treatment, I call Dan Gosling. It's easy. But what if it's more complicated than that? What if what if there's something strange Uh-oh. like in your neighborhood? Who, who are you going to call? Who are you going to call? <laughs> who are you going to call? I'm calling ChopSaver. ChopSaver. <laughs> Not Ghostbusters. If there's no. something weird and it don't look good, who are you going to call? I'm calling ChopSaver. ChopSaver. Right. I ain't afraid of no chapped lips. I'm not calling Ray Parker Jr. He's going to get sued by Huey Lewis. <laughs> <laughs> Deep cuts. Wow. <laughs> anyway, feel free to use your promo code BELL. Promo, promo code! To get 15% off your next order. Go to ChopSaver.com today. And now a guy who makes Casper the Ghost look even more friendly. <laughs> Certainly more friendly than I am. Come on. Well, hey, and they're about the same shade. You know, those Brits, they're pale. <laughs> right. He is pale as anything. Yes. Yeah. SPF infinity. No right. sun. Come on. I don't know if we've ever released an episode on Halloween before, but this is it. It's kind of exciting. Yeah. The Halloween yeah. episode. Right. This Season is a four, Halloween episode. episode. Eight. We should No. Stop that. <laughs> no. Episode 138. Episode 138. Exactly right. 
I have a dual numbering system. I know you do, and it's driving us Only the guy in Jersey would keep a second set of books. Well, (laughs) there it is. It's all I know. (laughs) That's really good. All right, Brian, what do you got? Well, I had a great experience last night. Uh, The orchestra here did Shostakovich 5, and I needed to do a little shout-out to the section. So Andrew was playing lead, and um, Anthony OG was playing Mm -hmm. second. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Anthony Anthony, 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 the original gangster. OG, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cassie was playing third, and Anthony D was playing assistant. Um, and they killed it. Andrew um, Andrew killed his audition. We do blind auditions mm-hmm. every semester. And uh, he absolutely killed the audition. And, you know, we went and got the names after we made the assignments. And Dr. Chang, she was like, all right, he's the person. He's going to do it. And he just killed it. The lyrical soul in the last movement was just brilliant. Uh, and, B, B flat or C? Oh, uh, cornets. Four cornets. Come on. No, that's, <laughs> no. On Shostakovich, they all played. They all played no. play B flats. Okay, <laughs> I, like, I, I like B flats on <laughs> Shostakovich. I actually think, yeah. it's, uh, even on number five, I think it sits great on B flat. It's yeah, it's great on B flat. Yeah. It's what it's supposed to be. And that that real low thing in the first movement, mm-hmm. uh, all three in unison. It was. Yeah, they they played great. They just the whole brass section actually played really well. It was awesome. Uh, that's it was great. such a such a treat. So, uh, yeah, that's it's great that's when a plan it. comes together, thing. right? Yeah, Amazing. yeah. Everybody's like, "Hey, congratulations!" They're patting me on the back. Wow, trumpet! I was like, I I didn't play a note of that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they it is, all did it all is the so work. Weird when people. I've had this issue with with both students and and children both, where I will get compliments for either what something my students did or something my kids did. And I will say things like, I agree with you. I thought that went really well. Like, I didn't do this. No, yeah. I take they credit for it. They did it. I do. I take credit for you it. You go in, you're like, of course. I mean, yeah, of course. Look, it was a rough start, but you know, I think we're making progress. That kid couldn't read music. I uh, didn't know which end to blow in when they got here. Exactly. Right? So. Well, if, if they had folded, I wouldn't have wanted to blame. <laughs> no, so, that's the way it works. So I can't, I can't take any of the credit. No, no, they did great. It was awesome. Yeah. Yeah, and they the I I heard the dress rehearsal and everybody was tired because they'd been playing rehearsals all day and practicing. They just essentially on Monday practiced through everything, um, mm-hmm. in their regular routines. But then on Tuesday they all kind of like they didn't do everything that they normally do. They were a little bit lighter in rehearsals and and so everybody sounded fresh and everybody felt great and like had chops at the end. Joey's, of the... Joey's confused. Yeah, yeah, well, I don't understand what you're saying. Yeah, it was it was. You're great either playing or you're not playing. Right? What is this <laughs> taking? Taking your foot off the gas? Yeah. Or what? Right. Yeah, you're either going, <laughs> you're not going. Yeah, he has two so, settings: second, off and stun. Second place, <laughs> first loser. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So it was really it was really fun. I was sitting in the back of the hall, and they've redone the hall, and the hall is better acoustically. And there's a new shell that we got over COVID. Looks great. Sounds great. It was it was yeah. a treat. Yeah. Well, really congrats fun. to your That's students. Amazing. So, Grant, congratulations to Andrew, the two Antonies, and Cassie. Antony. Antony OG and Antony D. That's right, exactly. Antony squared. Two Antonies, no waiting. Okay, great. Yeah. We have three in the studio, so right. we have different And the longer you talk them. about this, the more I'm thinking, poor Cassie. That's, That's what right. I'm thinking. <laughs> yes. Totally fair. <laughs> she's pretty tough. Cassie, we're here for you. <laughs> she has she's, to be. She's a Jersey girl. She's tough. Okay. <laughs> yeah. That's good. All right, Joey, what do you have for us? Well, I think you'll remember last week I was telling you I was about to go play with uh, Stuart Copeland, the former drummer with the Police. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's right. So I said I'd report back, and oh, my gosh. Um, so what 
Mr. Copeland has done, he calls the concert um, uh, Police Deranged for Orchestra. So what he's done is taken all of these right up your alley. I know, I'm totally in. And he has deranged, arranged, deranged in his words, all of these tunes for a 24-piece orchestra. Now, and so we were at the Palladium, which is a gorgeous hall up in Carmel. Live from the Palladium. Exactly. uh, Northwest side of Indy. Right in Carmel, Indiana. And in Indiana, it's Carmel, not Carmel, like, like by the sea out in there, San Francisco. That's just how uh-huh. we pronounce it. Don't get me started. As uh, <laughs> it, Just a quick side note. We'll be right back. <laughs> if you've seen the movie Hoosiers, and everyone should, it's a great basketball a movie. Great movie. Uh, oh. It's set around how they used to do the state championships here and how a small town had never really won it except one. Now, that small town is a town It's based on a true story here. M-I-L-A-N, Indiana. Now, if you know you're Italian, mm-hmm. you know that's Milan. Um, <laughs> but in, in Indiana, that's Milan, Indiana. Milan. So, uh, it's in the Midwest. So Milan's Milan. a place here in Indiana, and so is uh, Carmel. Not Carmel, like in California. So, Caramel. yet neither are a booger hole West Virginia. Exactly. And I don't <laughs> know that we have a booger hole, but I'd like to, I think we should. <laughs> yeah, I mean... <laughs> Indiana, you might as well. Have. Right, we might West annex Virginia. just just north of Bloomington, Lead, and I can move up the way. Booger Hole, Indiana. That'd be awesome. Yeah. <laughs> but this might be the first time that anything I've played in has gotten written up and a review on Metal Talk. <laughs> so nice. On Met- wow. If you go to metaltalk.net, there is a review <laughs> of the show we played. Metal Talk had someone in. Carmel, Indiana, last week. So it uh, goes over to talk about the this short end of the and some good stick. some good pictures here, but backed by a twenty four wow. piece orchestra as well as a backing band uh, and three dynamic vocalists. Uh, let's see, the Police Deranged for Orchestra featured Copeland and a vibrant orchestra performing a fifteen song set, which comprised Police tracks, deeper cuts. Uh, you know, going in there, we got a, a really great write up and great pictures in metal talk. Metaltalk.net. That's got to go in your resume. Oh, oh, I'm leading my uh, every year. Those of you not in academia, most universities have some sort of annual faculty report. You have to basically say, what did you do this year? And, you know, what classes did you teach? What extra things did you do? What have you been doing on the outside? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh, obviously I'm leading with this. This is the first page uh, of the PDF. Metaltalk.net will be a link mm-hmm. right there to this because there are pictures of the whole orchestra, so you can actually see that I was actually there. Uh, I will tell you, when I went in for tenure, um, I've been on a couple of kind of funny recordings. If you guys know the Bob and Tom show, which is based out of Indianapolis, they're great yes. guys, and they do a yeah. lot of comedy things. One of them, not suitable for everyday listening. There was some language <laughs> on there that maybe mm. would not be appropriate. Uh, we recorded, and then the engineer says, hey, guys, you want to hear this now? Because we didn't know what we were recording. Right. And then they played it back for us. I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'm going to need a copy of that. <laughs> so the, actually, the CDs, when they came out, actually had bleeps on them. And I asked the recording engineer, I'm like, what's going on there? He says, that we want to make these so we can just give them to radio stations. We'll be yeah. sending out later another version uncensored. Mm, okay. So <laughs> I put that leading off my tenure case to see if anybody was listening because i'm thinking how many people really listen through all of these tracks because it's at least going to make <laughs> you old <laugh>. move <laughs> yeah it's at least, of course it's at least going to make you giggle yeah. yeah so i never really heard anything so i'm not sure whether either people thought what is this guy doing or nobody ever listened that's why but you're either. still third chair 
exactly <laughs> perpetually forever <laughs> but how, how who else has been what other trumpet players have been written up in metaltalk.net is what i'm no, saying pretty good. i, I, I like think you it. may be alone there that's what i'm saying so i i think i've kind of I've, I've kind yeah. of reached a new uh pinnacle here now finally you know hitting first the solo bow at the cleveland orchestra on little mermaid little, little mermaid, mermaid. let's and not now, lose that part of yeah, it that's uh, yeah uh, forget that part I think solo bow with the Cleveland Orchestra sitting next to Michael Sachs. Yes, I'm just going to end it right there. I'm going to end it right there. No, we won't let playing Little Mermaid for Little Mermaid (laughs) for playing. Yes, a rousing rendition of "Under the Sea" (laughs) over the orchestra. Yeah, and now playing with Stuart Copeland, and I got to tell you, no, this guy's. We looked it up. He's 71 years old, rocking out on the front of the stage. That's amazing. Going at it. Yeah. Yeah. So it was, it was a good time. So did so you guys you got, hang then? Did you uh, hang with Stuart uh, afterwards? He he did come back and say hi, and he was pleasant enough. But it would, we didn't get any real hang time. No offense to you personally, Brian. Mm-hmm. You know, so no, not really. But he but he didn't seem standoffish or prima donnaish in any way. He seemed perfectly like a perfectly nice man. I mean, he's no Frank Sinatra. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that was a great story. Wow, that's a, a great, great story. story. Great story. Yeah. All right, Bill. What do you got for us tonight? But I th- I have so much stuff but Uh-oh. you know last time last Wait, time now, we how, talked okay how many things is this gonna be <laughs> no I, I i'm not sure because one could develop gonna, into two but I, and then you're gonna do okay. a whole thing and say but that's not what thing, i'm here to talk just, about no i'm not i just have to mention something first and so then i have this a isn't thing. what you want to talk about ultimately it's three things that could lean for depending on how it goes so seven things so no, seven, it's just yeah four. right so seven things exactly <laughs> that's what you're saying get out just your scorecards this I'm getting out my abacus. And that's all I need. <laughs> this, just this thermos. Okay. Wow, you're out. <laughs> and I'm out. In this magazine. <laughs> and that's all. Lamp. <laughs> that's all I need. Wow. Way all the way back to the again. jerk. <laughs> wow. That's a deep cut right <laughs> there. There it is. Wow. Uh, so, as you know, last time I, we, we podcasted, I was actually in Asheville, North Carolina. That's Asheville, right. Symphony. North Carolina, playing with the orchestra. And uh, I got I to give a shout out here to our friend Chris Underwood. Chris played brilliantly. They played pictures, play right? Pictures and Ravel and Ravel. Concerto. Concerto. Nice. And, Heavy program. Uh, yeah, and just handled it, it beautifully in rehearsal. The performances were just stunning. So you didn't help and, out at all. You just let him play all that stuff. Well, yeah. Looking paid for that. <laughs> paid to play those notes. <laughs> he might have been using some of my equipment, but listen, that's a story <laughs> for another time. That's not important. Right that's now. not important. What's important here You're is helping. that Chris played well. Yeah, that's awesome. And yeah, did you do would, a double show on the Saturday? We did a two, two and eight. Nice. And he was he was money. Money. right on it. I mean, awesome. I was my usual supportive self between things like, listen, it's a you sound amazing despite your embouchure. It's incredible <laughs> how you progressed playing the way you do. You should be pretty happy with that. <laughs> Most people with a setup like yours could never do that. <laughs> I've never heard anybody try it like that. Chris yeah, is the exactly. professor. He teaches at, at Delaware, University of yeah, Delaware. University of Delaware. Go right? Blue Hands. Yep, go yeah. Blue Hands. And Chris, just shout out to Chris. Job. It was just a pleasure to be there and hear him play. Nice and job. And I, I told him, so we did pictures, of course, so there's a saxophonist, right? So I, I'd love to do this thing to well, women players. Well, I mean, classical saxophonist. Yeah, high strapper. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, so anyway. Elbows out. Elbows out. (laughs) Elbows out. (laughs) So I said to Chris, the guy played played beautifully. I was like, I don't even know this guy. I'm going to go over there and say to him, man, I cannot wait to hear that on your good read tomorrow. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. 
Chris, you know me. By the time by the time the thing was done, I actually did say it to him. Yeah, like, of course, like, you I did. don't know you, but here's yeah. the thing. Um, <laughs> no, but he. It, anyway, it was really cool. But so that was my shout out. The, the yeah. thing I wanted to mention was yes. that the new ITG journal is Uh-oh. out. Yes. New journal. And there are two new things journal. here. One, and this is just a mention. How basically. do you always get yours earlier? I do not have mine yet. You always get yours before I get mine. He's uh, well connected. VIP. Yeah. There so is. mine's here in the <clears> office too. I have not got mine yet. Indiana's so a long way away from everything. It is. It's a it long. Really you know. isn't. <laughs> we have printing presses here and everything. <laughs> I don't know where this is printed. Maybe California, maybe. I don't know. Well, then it should get to me first. Maybe Pennsylvania. <laughs> maybe that's why I got here. Anyway, my book was reviewed. It's a very lovely oh, review. Yes. I don't, I'm not going to go into details about brilliantly capturing things or impeccable so, stuff. Anyway, it, well, you can read it later. Let me, let me ask you but, a question about that. Right. Who Uh-oh. wrote that review? <laughs> <laughs> I just tee this right up for you. It doesn't you kinda, say. You kinda it it doesn't say who wrote it. They yes, left it that does. part out. No, no, it, no it says Dr. Eric Miller, assistant professor of now, Trump at University of North Carolina, where Charlotte. Where did he do Dr. his undergrad? Nice. What, his undergrad? Yeah. Uh, he did at the University of Kentucky. And then his master's? Uh, Florida State. Where did he go to high school? Mechanicsburg. <laughs> but I think you, what you now, really want to know now, is now, who is who was his trumpet teacher back then? Who was his trumpet teacher in middle school is what you want to know. That's sort of where I'm getting to. In high school, that would be me. <laughs> so he owes your, you. your former student who yes. by the way, listen, I, I all credit to, to Eric here. He's done yes. remarkable despite and, that. And, despite and, <laughs> and writes beautifully. So he's reviewing your That's book. Impressive. Yes. And he did a great job. I'm so proud. <laughs> I'm so proud on many levels. Really, you're you bringing this so. up to note that your former student is now doing reviews. Is really the headline. That's see, that's the headline. I'm making it seem like I'm talking about my book, but what I'm saying is that my students excel and go places. Right. What's the number at now? Four. We're at four things now. What four? Yeah. No, but this isn't why I talked about the journal. I talked about the journal because, in the middle. <laughs> We're in double digits. We're in the, the, <laughs> <That's> exactly. <laughs> the Encore wins. If you're conducted not conducted by, by Jack now. Stamp, <laughs> I know. Began their program a dynamic performance of William Schumann's Chester and on and on and on dot dot dot. Gene Lorenz featuring oh here it is, sorry. Arben's well known fantasy brilliant performed virtuosically by Gene Lorenz and featuring an unexpected added element of narration by Joey Tartell. There oh, it that's is. That's right. Now we're getting uh, somewhere. Now we're getting somewhere. Right after that, the piece guest conducted by William Stoneman was particularly well received by the audience, prompting thunderous applause. Yeah. So what we're learning here is, if you put me and Bill on a piece, thunderous applause. Thunderous. Done and done. Yep. That's all you got to know. And then it talked about the program ending with uh, Treaty of Alliance, which was Who both wrote that both um, Eric Millard's teacher. No. That's <laughs> <laughs> who wrote the piece. <laughs> Both who, wrote, who wrote the review of this concert? Julia Bell. <laughs> oh, no. Mm-hmm. She, she's an IU grad. <laughs> oh. She was not my student here. She was not my student here, but she's actually from Indiana. Anyway, wow. it says both groups performed with impressive technical virtuosity and group blend. Wow, look at I that. I wasn't at that concert. But yeah. <laughs> I was not at that concert. I was at that sure. concert. We the finale good. was engaging and full of energy, prompting thunderous applause from the audience and bringing this program to an exciting conclusion. Huh? Yes. Yeah. Fantastic. There it is. Yeah. Get the journal. How much and, do we hey, owe them for all this? Now, here's the thing. The journal looks a little different this month. 
Coffee it man. is, right? Look at that. Brand it new. looks like we've come into the, like, I don't know, 20th century? Three-color <laughs> Mid- Mid-20th century. <laughs> this picture Colors of this looking good. back is beautiful, too. So, yeah, full color. Oh, look, look at, at that. that. Throughout. It's, uh, it's a stunning. It's stunning. Yeah. Yeah, good for the journal. Hopping into, I know. You know looks kinda, great. I, I like the old one. No, you don't. Anyway, I have more <laughs> stuff, but you know what? I'll let it go till next time. <laughs> more stuff. It's okay. I, I've, uh, I've been busy. All right. You are busy. Okay. No, I'll let it go till next time. Okay. Really. You can do that. It, it was more of a PSA anyway. Mm. Public service thing. Which, You're going to help people? You're going to help people? Of course. I'm a giver. He's a giver. But he's, it'll, he's it'll a wait. Helper. It'll wait. Okay. It's really fine. Because I'm excited to get to game time, boys. All right. It's Tromba Trivia, the Halloween edition. Oh my gosh, of course you have it. He's been away for a while. He had time to be creative. This is problematic for us. Some of us have been working. Yeah, other people have real jobs. This is so bad and so exciting all at the same time. Oh no. All right, Halloween question number one. Halloween question number one. Brian, by the way, stands no shot at any of this. I'm very excited. Come as a shock to no one. He's but Joey. A, is he wearing a tie every week now? Like, is this is. a thing? Yeah, it's really disgusting. I don't know. We got to talk about this. Yeah, this is unsustainable. Not, not okay. This tie thing's got to go. People in this group just don't know when to wear a tie and when not to. <laughs> exactly. That's <laughs> right. the, that's the issue. That's the real issue. There are rules. Yes. And I've yeah. given this some thought. Okay. Halloween question number one. These notes might sound scary to the average person, but jazz players aren't frightened to use them at all. We're supposed to know what that means? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Ghost notes. Brian <laughs> for the win. <laughs> wow. Okay. Wow. Right. I thought Joey was going to run the table. And of course. Brian... I didn't know what you were talking about. Okay. Totally folded. Halloween question number two. Halloween question number two. <laughs> Longtime principal trumpet in the Metropolitan Opera Orchestra on Halloween. Mark Ghoul. Oh, Duh. very good. Yes. <laughs> yeah, wow. I'm not, I'm yeah, not sure what that, that was, but that was yeah. pretty exciting. I like Mark Ghoul. Mark Ghoul. Duh. Duh. Okay. Halloween question number three. Halloween question number three. You guys are killing this. <laughs> Oops, sorry. It was a. What it, is going on? That was a. a according to this, it's a zombie scream, which I just bumped. That was not I didn't okay. Mean, I mean to do that. Yeah. Okay. Let's, let's not do that. Chris, Chris Lane and friends invented this type of trumpet lubricant that is intended to make it sound super big and oh, that's scary. Monster, Monster oil. oil. Well done, boys. Yeah. See We're doing we great work here. Oh. We're killing this. We're knocking this down. Still early. What the heck? That's a werewolf howl. I don't think so. It was. That's what it says. I, that's not what that was. Okay. That sounded like the beginning of the Lion game. This might be. <laughs> Bad soprano at the end of Seraphim. <laughs> There's that too. Yeah. Get your alternate fingerings ready. Okay. Um, this is my favorite one. It's so bad. It's so good. Something you might say wait, to wait, a Wait, wait, wait. Hold on. What? Oh, what number, Halloween what number question qu- number four. Halloween question number four. Come on, man. 
we got to. You are the there are rules man here. of the it's open an order bell. of operations. Yes, that is you correct. Are, you are correct. <laughs> All right, something you might say to a vampire in the trumpet section who keeps getting lost. Oh, so you suck us out. <laughs> to no. a vampire who's to a getting, vampire in the trumpet section. Who's getting lost. You need to count. You need to count, Dracula. There it say, is. Hey, there count, it is. Dracula. Uh, although I like you suck. You suck works. You suck works, too. <laughs> yeah, you suck does work. I didn't actually even think about that. All right. Halloween question number five. Halloween question number five. Haunted houses are designed to evoke this response, but trumpet players love to do this without any provocation. A scream. Scream. <laughs> well done. Yeah. I mean, I see, that's a werewolf. Yeah, it's under wolf cry. Well, werewolf cry. No, it doesn't say that. Yeah, I don't know what you're using there, but yeah, I would ask for my money back. Oh, here you go. This is the one you want. Nobody wants that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that is, but nobody wants it. It's under scary scream. <laughs> yeah, I don't think it's scary or nobody a scream. Nobody wants that. <laughs> <laughs> nobody wants that. Okay, Halloween question number six. Halloween question number six. She plays in the president's own United States Marine Band, but on Halloween, she becomes known as. This is so good. You're never going to get it. Hold on a second. Oh, he's got she... it. I can always tell when he's going to get it. No, she plays. <laughs> His brain is cramping. In which band? The president's <laughs> own. president's own. So the Marine Band. That's the giveaway. Yep. And on Halloween, she becomes. Sergeant Slaughter. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. No, that's good, but no. I don't know. What do you got? Amy Macabre. <laughs> <laughs> he loves that. Amy okay, I'm, I'm un- No, I'm unhappy with this. No, I'm throwing so the flag. Good. I'm you throwing the flag got it. I sh- I'm mad it's I really good. It. It's a combination yes. of Halloween and bad dad jokes. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Bonus question. Bonus Halloween question. Best candy bar to get on Halloween or any other day of the year? Uh, payday. Payday. <laughs> <laughs> Is that like a cat? Yeah, that's a cat. Okay. Tail caught in the door. Wasn't it great? That was awesome. Hey, you guys did okay. It, with payday wow, is the correct amazing. answer. Payday is the correct answer. Yeah, of, course. of course. There we go. Always. Does it have to be payday chocolate? On Stop Halloween? now <laughs> talking about it. That's not a payday. It's a payday. No. It says so right nope. on the wrapper. It says payday. That's wrong. The wrapper is wrong. That's not okay. You're going to have to take company. that up with the payday people. <laughs> nope. Right out. Is that the nope. Mars Corporation? It's like moving to uh, this country and then electing a king. That's what that would be like. <laughs> hey, you, you just Brian? Brian. Try to put that <laughs> yeah. in words you could understand. That's right. I understand that now. All right, boys. Time much. for a couple things. Well, it was only a matter of time. We already deconstructed the Arvin book, and that met with such affirming critical acclaim. There were outcries from our listeners to do more we're of the critical. same. We were critical, all right. <laughs> you see, they rely on us to decode the mysteries of the trumpet universe, to be conduits of the great masters, to channel the spirits of those amazing pedagogues that have gone before us, and to decipher the coded messages locked within the books that we use each and every day. All this to say, 
It's zero Clark 30, boys. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and I'm out. Wow. Oh, yeah. That's a that's a good thing. I think you could use that every morning. Zero Joey. Clark 30. It's zero Clark 30. I started zero Clark 100, though. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, that's always, I mean, it doesn't really matter what time it is. Dark 30 is, you know. Yeah. All right. So it's time. We're going in. Technical going studies. In. And I, right off the bat, let's just put this out there because I, this almost stopped me in my tracks for the cornet. It's well, yeah, for the Joey cornet. and I holding up. It's all about yeah. the cornet player and the cornet. Come on, the blue and green version. Yeah, Herbert O. Clark. I mean, he was a cornet player. Yes, he, he was. was, and mm-hmm. a violist. Mm-hmm. So he's wrong twice. So in, <laughs> in the opening. And this is the thing: how many people have had this book and never read any of the words? This is what I want to start with. Yep. I want to I want to start with read the text. <laughs> there is not a ton of text in the class. That sounds like a bad idea. It's that sounds like a waste of time, doesn't it's it? It's a bad idea on the Lowell little book, but everything else read the text. <laughs> <laughs> well, but it gives you it gives you a, a, you know n- no pun intended context, right? It gives you the idea of he, somebody wrote this for you and they had some ideas about it and they're telling you about that. It might be a good idea to listen to them. So that you're actually doing this in a way that's actually going to help you. Right. And what Mr. Clark wrote here, and we're going to get to this, and I'm sure I'm going to repeat myself and said some of these things before. What Mr. Clark wrote in here is really, really good stuff. Not just the exercises, but the text. Agreed. Now, we do call this the Clark book, right? We do. The. But it's how, it's one of four books one that of he four. wrote. Mm-hmm. You also have the elementary studies, the technical studies, the setting up drills. Right. Characteristic studies. Characteristic studies and setting up drills. Right. Yep. Right. But this is the one that just sort of gets referred to as the Clark book. Right. And I have to admit, I've never used the elementary studies. Have you guys used that book? Yeah. Yeah, It's a good book. It's a good book. It's very good. Yeah. But very little. I would like to, you know, this is somebody I'd like to go back and hang out with with Herbert L. Clark. I think Herbie and I'd be buddies. That's what I'm saying. He he was a pretty uptight dude. Mm. Yeah. But obviously, it's somebody who thought about what he was doing, was fairly regimented and going how he went about it. And also, yeah. if you read this, fairly competent and confident in his abilities. Oh, yes. Yes. Where he, he talks was, about you can play high notes and low notes and never get tired. And I'm like, never get tired. Well, I like Even this after, guy. yeah, you just play for yeah. hours. I like at the beginning, right, he's talking about that the book contains special study material for developing an agile lip. Mm-hmm. Technical assurance. Of course, these are the things you expect, but improving the art of phrasing. Yeah, this was on his mind the entire time, and familiarizing the student with modern syncopated forms. Which, okay, yeah, can go with that. But I do think, right there in the introduction, he's saying a lot of the same things that I say all of the time. Which is, if we have technical mastery over the instrument, then all we've got to do is we can go play any music that we want. Yes. That's implicit in what he's saying here. Yes, mm-hmm. and I could not agree with that more. Right. Mm-hmm. The idea that, well, you know, I'll just try and figure out this piece. Well, wait, but, you know, it has 16th notes going at, at like 160, and your fingers won't move faster than 132. Why do you think you're going to be able to play this? Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, Is you have to have have the skills necessary already there so that now when you approach music, you're like, how do I want this to sound? That's implicit in this book because it's a technical studies book, but you could also look at it as a musical preparation book. Yes. And I love, too, this uh, this overarching theme in here of, you know, he doesn't necessarily talk about 
breathing or how to breathe. He doesn't get into that, but in a sense, you might say he's zoomed out a bit on this, right? Mm -hmm. But because of the structure of the things, what he's suggesting is that if you can play this many notes, this many repeats, right, on a breath of air, then you're becoming more, right? that overall is making you stronger and you're relying on that and you're not muscling up. I mean, yeah, it forces a certain way of playing or, or or to make it a lot shorter. If you can do this, then you're doing it right. You're doing it right. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. But he's totally building, building chops and building the ability to play these long phrases and And, so forth. And if you notice, and we're going to do, we're going to point this out as we go through the etudes, he starts by saying this can be played in one breath. Right. This can be played in one breath and gets to this must be played in one breath. <laughs> yeah. But he doesn't right. start that way. Right. No, it's it can be. He gets yeah. you there. Yeah. He's saying, and you know, this is possible and this is possible. And then you get, I think it's to number, might be number five where he's like, this must be played no, in one breath. Page, yeah, number five yeah. is one breath. Yeah. This, people should understand that, um, you know, you, you can go back and read his autobiography. It's not, it's actually online, um, how I became a cornetist. And um, it is. His or fast- yours. it's it's online i was i was actually in preparation i was reading some of it today Mm. rereading some of it today because i actually have read it before um should i admit that in public um but he's coming from i I think we knew that yeah he's coming from a place of i used to kill myself when i played the cornet i sounded terrible i was working so hard and i was getting worse and i didn't have chops and then he was actually in indianapolis and he saw um Walter B. Rogers perform a solo, just stand up from his chair and play a solo. And he was flabbergasted by how easy it looked, how great it right. sounded, how, how easy it looked. And then he went to a series of opera performances and sat right next to the pit and watched Rogers play. Mm-hmm. And at intermission, Rogers played a solo from that chair. And uh, he was just flabbergasted by how easy it looked. And so he was desperate to try and figure out why Rogers was able to do that. Yeah. Um, and and how he made that happen. So this is all from his experiences of learning to play that way. And they actually ended up sitting next to each other. Um, and uh, and so this is his this is a pa- his path to from being really not very good to being world famous. And I, I love this underlying, again, underlying theme here. The student's going to acquire endurance without strain or injury, right? Mm-hmm. This So it is technical studies, and they are great for building dexterity and all that, but the entire time he's up for building endurance yeah. and and putting you in a really great positive place to play. And and not just technical stuff, flexibility as well. Mm-hmm. And we're going to get to the articulation there. part here in a minute too, which... I'm sorry, you cut out? Which Bill yeah, lost. Yeah, Bill is yeah. gonna we, we lost Bill there for the a second. He'll be back. Sorry. He'll be yeah. back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Back in a minute. So, uh, anything else about the opening of this? Because you you should really read the beginning. Not just the opening, but uh, the text on top of every exercise every as well. One. And I want to. Yeah. I'll, I'll highlight. I'll be highlighting the second study in just a minute when we get to it. The text in that one as no a offense. prelude to the rest. Of it. No well, offense we'll be to halfway, personally, halfway Brian. done at that point. Yes. Brian's going to leave the room when we talk about the second <laughs> yes, study. There'll be no gonna, hurling until the podcast. I'll be is back over. in a minute. I'm going <laughs> right. to have to take care of something. <laughs> I'd love to see a man about something. <laughs> I also love, he mentions in the opening thing about the highest and lowest tones with equal tone quality, right? The highest right. and lowest sounds. Right. Uh, if they are practiced according to instructions. And let's be clear, this book is written up to high G. He was not talking yes. a lot of times when we look at the at the, mm-hmm. the Arvin's book or other books uh, of way earlier times, 
they might be talking about up to high C or maybe high D, which the Arvin's book kind of talks about right, as right. the top. This When he's talking about the highest notes, and we have some recordings of, of Mr. Clark playing right up to high Fs, and it's clear as yep. a bell. So he's not just saying up to high C. He really does mean from low F sharp up to high G, and that's all. The way, and this book is written all the way up to high G. Mm-hmm. So he does mean the full range of how the trumpet actually and the cornet yeah. actually works. And, and actually refers to the studies as playable and not very difficult right. if practice slowly. <laughs> yeah. if, Which and, I love. Again, you play yeah. it slowly enough, nothing's hard. Right. You can figure it out. Right. Figure right. it out. Figure it out. Figure it out. <laughs> I love, too, that he says, never be perfectly satisfied with yourself. Brian, you're nailing it. I am totally yeah. nailing that part. I got some work to do on that part. <laughs> Scott, Scott's always very happy with how he plays it. <laughs> Scott doesn't believe in Clark. Um, uh, another gem from the opening, I think, is this correct the least mistake you make immediately. Yeah. Those you know, bad yeah, habits easily formed. We've talked about this. When you're in the practice room, no slack. Yeah. Do not let yourself off the hook. Otherwise, you're just practicing mistakes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and Brian again. No offense, you because you know, anything I read, anything <laughs> cornet, I think of Brian, especially this <laughs> phrase. There are a few celebrated cornetists, although thousands play the instrument. Yeah, yes, fair, exactly. That's fair. true. Yeah, I mean, still true. <laughs> <laughs> that was what 150 years ago. <laughs> Nailing it. <laughs> Nailing it. Arvin knew it when he wrote it. Yeah. Yeah. Arvin uh, liked the way he played it, too, yeah. if we were recalling he, that. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. He, he was a big fan of him. <laughs> hey, 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 he was right. We've heard some recordings. He sounded pretty good. No, he did sound good. It's okay yeah. to stand up and play something great and go, you know what? That was pretty good. That's yeah. fine. So I've had this perception of the Clark book, the way that the studies go, and we're going to get to the studies here in a minute about, you know, the smallest interval, and then the second study really has more seconds in it, right? And then the third study has more thirds. That was my initial impression. But he does mention here that the material has been graded with the same care as the contents of his second series. Yeah. So in his mind, it he he's obviously very specific about the progression. Yeah, working of his. your way through. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah. And so first study, Joey. First what do you study? got? Well, I, I think intentionally simple. All we're doing is playing chromatically over a tritone. Mm-hmm. It could Joey, not what be... instrument? What instrument do you play this on every day? The first study. Okay. What I'm, what I'm doing right now. <laughs> he did not see that coming. I, my mouth is open. Down goes Tartel. <laughs> I am playing this one on. I used to play this one on cornet. I absolutely play okay. this on cornet. Just checking. Just checking. That's 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 absolutely Ryan, true. Roundhouse wow. kick to the head. <laughs> the payback's coming. Yeah, you're going to be <laughs> yes, hurling again soon. Hurling, hurling again too. Here it comes. But you know, it, it is simple. And, and if you look what he says here, you know. Play it softly. Play, you know, many times in a row, eight to sixteen times in one breath. Fingers firmly keep, and he says, keep the lips moving. And I, I what I think he means by that is not to be static or rigid. Yeah. I, I don't mm-hmm. think he's literally thinking we got to be actively, you know, wagging your face around. <laughs> but the idea here is, you know, from it starts at low F sharp and is only written up to high C. Is can we just build? The firmness of fingers and the clarity of ease of half steps. They're half steps. What is easier than playing a half step? Nothing. 
Mm-hmm. So let's make it nice and easy. Let's get that rolling over a limited range, little tritones, right? Yeah. All the way over the whole mm-hmm. range of the trumpet. I think this is it, it, the brilliance of this is its simplicity, and that if you can do this, you're already in. A, you're already starting off in a good place and be able to play some music. Yeah, and chances are you're going to be able to play all four exercises really well <laughs> if you can get through. So oh I was gonna gosh. I was gonna bring this up later, but I think I'm gonna mention it now because I I've thought about this. I've taught the Clark book and used it in very different ways over the years, but one of the ways I've assigned it is by key. So I've started out um, with number thirteen. Well, number actually number twelve, the chromatic figure on F. Right. Okay. I'll assign that. And I'll, with it, I'll then sign 37, which is Clark mm. 2 and F, and then 57, which is Clark 3 and F, and not so 77, which is Clark 4 and F. We're going to fight so about I, this. Well, this is what, well, <laughs> I go back and forth depending on the student, but it's interesting. It's interesting, except that these are chromatic. They're not in a key. Well, you know what I mean. You're starting on that note. Right. But what, what I'm, I'm saying is, the, I so say focus the on the valve on the, F. What I'm saying is the only thing I don't like about this book, and the one thing I do disagree with with Mr. Clark is he says, "Hey, don't worry about the easy stuff. Practice practice more on the ones that are harder." Right. Yeah. I actually look at these things like the first study was that number one through twenty-five. Well, right? I'm safe because yeah. I don't think any of these are easy. Right. So what <laughs> I think, what I'm saying is, I actually think one through twenty-five is one thing. Is one that's one thing for me. So mm. if I could do anything, if mm. I were putting out my edition of this book, I would eliminate those individual numbers and say first study, start on low F sharp, and there'd be like you know a couple of bars rest and right on, boom boom boom, start on F sharp, yeah. start on G, mm. and, and if you want to do them in different order, that's perfectly fine. I know some people like to do them uh, top down or middle out, bottom to top. That doesn't bother me, but I do want you to do all twenty five of them. And yeah, even, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So you wouldn't you wouldn't do the thing I'm doing by by key or on starting on F. All the I studies never that start on I haven't. F. I haven't. Because yeah. what I'm looking to build here is like not a key thing, but more of a fingers and flexibility over the over these two and a half octaves and that kind of fluidity and consistency, right. which I think this does brilliantly. So I'm just going to do Absolutely, that. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, and I, I guess I have used that in a in a way to help students who know these to kind of review them, mm-hmm. right, is to go through and do everything that starts on F. So anyway, I just wanted to throw it out there to yeah, see. Yeah, we, yeah. I don't think we've talked about that. No, I don't um, Yeah, his thing about keeping the lips moving I think is right. He's just talking about contracting ever so slightly as it ascends. Yeah, just let your face do what it, it needs to do, but not without letting yourself become right. rigid. And I love the chromatics to build range anyway because you're kind of tricking your body into it. Your body's not going to be right. like playing large if F intervals. sharp to C is easy, G to D flat is easy. It's the same thing, right. which means yeah. G sharp to D is easy, which means A to E flat is easy. Oh, right. And so, you're already stretching that range. Yep. I know it's funny because when I learned these, I subdivided them in my head as one and two and three and. But you <laughs> do it as triplets. Actually, no, I do them as sixes. I do them in one. Oh, okay. But I'm not really thinking one and two and three and or one, two, three, four, five, six. I'm going one, two, three, four, five, six, one, two, three, four, five, six. Right. Not but when you're so triple tonguing you, them, you're going tataka tataka. I am going tataka tataka, but I still want the even the, the sixes to be dead even. Right. That's the idea. Wow. Okay. That's the that's what I'm going for. Right. Because when we first started doing these and you're like, we're gonna triple tongue these, I'm like, what? 
but it's Bill was too. like totally lost. Well, it was beautiful. Well, that is the brilliant of this exercise is that it works for double or triple tonguing. You can yeah, do either. It does. You can go either, and they both work because of course six factors to two times three. Now, Brian, I may have struggled with the math, but I didn't leave the room. Okay, <laughs> that was on two. I, I didn't leave the room. Yeah, we're getting one. We're getting there, cool. and we could spend a lot of time on each exercise. But if we got a, we got a bunch. To yeah, get we got. We should get moving. That's good. That's good. I like that for the first study, and. Yeah, brilliant study, great way to start. And if you're doing that many repetitions, it forces both speed and <clears throat> dynamic, right. right? which is his idea. He actually says in his book, he said, when I started playing all of these things really softly, that meant my sound improved enough that I could take the mute out when I was playing in the orchestra, <laughs> wow. which I thought was really good. That's, that's brilliant. <laughs> these are always played too loudly. Always. I would say if, if there's a default thing. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, they're usually overcooked. Yeah. Yeah. All right, second study. Okay, I got a quick story. No offense, Brian. I, I I'm think I've actually, I think group. I've told this before, but I'm going to tell it again because we're talking about the Clark book. It totally was at Westchester. It. We were JC's place. I was yep. doing a master class, and somebody asked me what I do for like multiple tonguing, and I said, "Oh, for double tonguing, I really like Clark too." And someone actually asked, "But how did you ever think to articulate in the Clark book? Because everything's written out all <laughs> slurred." And I said, "Anybody um, got a Clark book handy?" <laughs> Somebody pull a Clark book out. Somebody pull a Clark book out. And I said, can you just read what it says up at the top of the second study? And they skipped down. I'll just go here. When practicing this study, uh, first play each exercise slurred as marked, then practice it single-tonguing very lightly. To become still more expert, try double-tonguing. And I said, here's what I did. I read the instructions. And then, of course, everybody everybody laughed. But this is the first one that actually says this explicitly. Um and, and, you know, the genius of this, this is major, and people have done, this is probably the most famous study out of this book, and maybe in, maybe in trumpet, you know, pedagogy, is Clark II. Yep. And it's just, it's major, it's major scale material over a minor sixth, right? It goes from the major seventh up to the there fifth of the scale, yep. and that's it, right? Mm -hmm. It's very, it's dead simple. Uh, yeah, I, one thing I like to do, well, there's different ways to do this with students. You can play it in thirds. Right mm -hmm. with them, but if you start on the same note the student does, and each pattern drop a half step, play a chromatic scale under it, the harmony works perfectly, <laughs> and you end on the third. Oh, that's that's great! It's actually brilliant, and it gives them something to that. anchor to. But it sets up you get the seventh, and you get everything on the way down. Yeah, that's good. No, I that's like fantastic. It. It works really cool. It's just a, as a du little duet practice while you're, you know, while you're. No, playing. that's great. So and people have done all kinds of variations here, including me. Uh, you know, right. done a mm -hmm. minor version, do a whole tone version, do a uh, chromatic version, just as other ways because the pattern itself is just it's so dead simple. It lends itself to it's all so sorts of variations. Melodic. And then you have the Vizzuti book, which Alan took these and inverted the intervals. Right. Yep. So instead right, of, of dee -do -da -da -dee -do, dee -do -da -dee -da -dee inverted them the whole way through, which right. is really it's cool. Great. But yeah, this one, it, it, everybody uses it, and they should. You yeah. know, it's every once in a while. You know, oftentimes if you move, go to a city and say, where should I go? You hear about the, like, the most touristy place. And you're like, okay, but is it really that great? Is it just touristy? <laughs> and then every once in a while, there's that place that is that touristy and is that good. And everybody That's Clark, to too. 
Letha's Barbecue. Letha's Barbecue. Oh. Exactly right. <laughs> Even you're as a down, vegan. You're getting down <laughs> yes. to Hattiesburg, and you're going to hear about it, and you're going to think, oh, yeah, but that's what everybody goes to. Do I really want to go there? Yes, yes. you do. <laughs> yes, you, you do. You actually really do. That's where And actually, even go. I'll say this about San Antonio. Uh, there's a place downtown called Mi Tierra, which is a uh, Mexican place and bakery right in downtown that's really touristy, and they've got that kind of stuff. The food there's dynamite. So right. it's it's absolutely, if you're going to downtown, it's absolutely worth going. Right. Translate that for everyone. That's my Tierra. Exactly. That's right. <laughs> it's the my Sharona of San Antonio. Wow. And we're back. Love Clark, too. And the way we do it in the thing, of course, is with with in one breath, slurred, single tongued, double time, or double tongue, then. Double stops. Double stops. And then double time, double tongue. Right. Exactly right. So four times through one breath, which if you're playing too loudly, won't work and if you're hammering won't work won't work but the idea behind that being the same blow right the same airstream is getting you from just to and the same clarity of of sound and production of sound coming through whether you're whether you're single tonguing slurring or double tonguing Yep. Yes. We start exactly. at the top of the exercise and go I backwards. I actually do. I do that one backwards yeah. because I don't think anybody likes to start double tonguing on low G's. Right. <laughs> Especially me. I, I am always <laughs> thankful at, that this one goes downhill. Yeah. Right. Because yes. in the thing, of course, after spiders, long tones. Sure. Then we then we do Clark three from the bottom to the bottom top up. on yeah. C trumpet. Yeah. And then this is on E flat trumpet from the top the down. down. Yeah. And I'm always grateful beyond words to get to A flat. Yeah, we're very happy at A flat. Although that's I was when not... Brian left. <laughs> Brian wasn't so happy the first day. And Joey, with just enough time on the metronome clicks to breathe, says to me, "Do you think he's okay?" And before I could answer, started the next study. Well, I mean, I asked the question, but I still you got you know tick tock. You got to get back in. <laughs> tick tock. You got to go. You got to move. We got to go. How to keep this? You don't understand. We got to go. Yeah, exactly. You got to move. <laughs> All right. So that's Clark Two. Incredibly versatile. Very melodic. Yep. Gold. Can you mine. guys talk about the etude just for a second. Yeah, I don't like oh, the yeah. second etude. Oh, I love the second. I was just going to go right by it. I, I, I didn't know if we were going to wait and talk about the etudes afterwards because there are etudes oh, no, for, we for every well one of the stuff. He's going past them all. I mean, yeah. So I no, like his I love etudes. Three. Well, I think I like three. here's here's yeah. I think here's the thing. When when you're playing these, after you think, okay, I think I got a good handle on this study. That's when you try the etude for the first. That's time when you go, need a reality yes. check. Nope. <laughs> well, especially <laughs> this one because it turns around immediately. Oh wow. man, it is a drag. That's for sure. Yeah, it two, is. Number two is a really, really. That's a that's a tough one on your fingers. Two right. times in one breath. Yep. Get it done. And I must say, at this at this stage of my development, I encountered something like that. I decided it was stupid, which means I didn't need to practice it. You know what <laughs> right. I mean? That's a smart move. Stumble on it, go, well, that's just poorly written. Uh, yeah, I I'm can't out. play it. It must be bad. It must, it must be bad. Be terrible. Yeah, right. Totally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That's, a, that's, that's a smart way. That's like me, like, why do they call these lip slurs? Yeah. That's a stupid name. So I'm not going to do them. It should be called tongue slurs. I remember the day that, <laughs> remember the day that dawned on me. I was wow. like, uh oh. Oh, that's great. Oh, maybe. Broke your, just broke your brain. They call them lip slurs because I should be using my lips. Yeah. <laughs> Guess what? <laughs> I was doing it wrong. Shocker. All right. Moving on. Yeah. Third study. And Th- I have to say, yeah. 
I love the third study. This has been a game changer for me. I think I've built a ton of chop strength by doing this study. Doing it correctly. Doing it correctly. Yes. Because right. this is this is the first one that you can kind of get through by hammering and think you're doing okay. Like your <laughs> fingers won't move fast enough to get through number one. Being, you're just knowing you're not making it. Right. And the second one's a little too melodic and doesn't cover enough range. But this is one actually covers a whole octave, which means mm-hmm. by the when you get to the end of this and you're playing from a C in the staff, you have to play to high C in a slurring, lyrical, connected, fluid, flexible fashion. So if you're gutting that out, you know, da-da-da-da-dee-da-da-dee-da, and kind of hammering that, you might be getting away with it. So this is where it becomes really, really, really important to read the directions because he says practice without repeating at first, which is a great advice. You don't need to do it with a repeat. You want to have it, under, quote, under perfect control. Right. Mm-hmm. Right? And because you view this as one thing, again, one you, thing. this yep. is one study in all keys, you don't do the repeat, but you alternate your slurring and tonguing by... Yes, Pattern. by measure, because it's always two bars. This, Which is, a, this is this brilliant. is two two bars that are the same. So why would we do them the same? Let's slur yeah. one bar, tongue one bar, building that consistency of whether I'm tonguing or whether I'm slurring, I'm playing the same way and able to get the same result. And I'm angry that you thought about that during undergrad school. Yes. So it's right around the time I was wondering why they were called lip slurs. <laughs> <laughs> Joey, talk, talk about what you, you do a little something extra in 46. Oh, yeah. So the very first one, um, when it goes to, these are all essentially chord outlines, right? So uh, when you get to the, the, the five chord, right? It, it, the first one, it goes G sharp, B, C sharp, B. But then since there's no actual note on measure, the horn measure, that, would measure be, seven. that would be low, every other one goes down. So if you look at the, the parallel one in, in number 47, it goes A, C, D, C. But then goes down to low F sharp because it's outlining that chord, the 5-7 chord, right? But mm-hmm. since we don't have a low E sharp or low F on the trumpet, it isn't written that way. I do play that that way. Yep. I think that mm-hmm. low F, it, uh, one, it is something that we are sometimes called upon to play on B-flat trumpet. It's I on do the horn. think we should know how to play a low F, and yep. this is a great place because the hidden part of the third study here, other than what we've already talked about, is learning one to play the low f and two really working with your third valve slide and learning the tuning mm-hmm. yep. because boy if you're looking at number i don't know the numbers i don't use them, number 48 the one in a flat if you're looking <laughs> at the last where you go b flat d flat e flat d flat then you know g d flat e flat e flat you're literally if you're doing this right your third valve slide is coming in and mm-hmm. out every eighth note yep so you and- should be practicing that coordination while you're learning these studies. But wait, I thought if it was fast, we didn't have to use the third valve slide. Right. If it's fast, I'm, we don't have to play in tune. I'm right. sitting right. right here. <laughs> because this is another thing. Like when I did these in undergrad school, right, I was like, ah, I just fall through. So the first time we did this with Joey, and it sounded like he had a rhythm section behind him. <laughs> it's clickety clickety. If you do that right, it actually clicks right on the beat. It goes click, yeah, click, it's click, very click, cool, click, actually. Click, click, yeah. click, because you're actually matching. Yeah, so you get you get used to that that. But you absolutely want to build that coordination into this study. This but is I a was, great study for that. I yeah. was also doing this, looking for every opportunity to slur. But when we played it with you, you weren't doing. You were actually were looking for every opportunity to move your fingers. Yes. Like so, I stopped doing that as well. I went back to just playing what was there rather than using yeah. false fingerings. Yeah, or well, you can do both. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I I like it this way, and the 
And the third etude is, I love the That's third That's a great etude. etude. Yeah. Now, you might notice, this is where he writes, can be played entirely in one breath with practice. Can yes, be played. Can be. Can be played. Even and though it, there are two yes. breath marks there. Well, yeah, yeah, depending on your addition. There are actually, there's actually a rest at the end of the yep. fourth, at the end of one, two, three, four, the fifth line, there's an eighth rest. There's an eighth so rest. So you might be thinking, oh, well, I'll just grab a breath. I was just in a lesson with a student this past week who was breathing every time they had an eighth rest. And I said, yeah, you know what your problem is? You're breathing way too much. <laughs> Let me Watch tell you what this. your problem is. <laughs> and so I, I played like the whole five lines in one breath through all of the rest. And I said, I'm not saying you should do that. What I'm saying is, I if can. I can do that in one breath, <laughs> you don't need five. Because I'm 6'3", and I have right. seven and a half liters right. of I, I, I'm not saying I'm not saying you even should do that musically. What I'm saying is, I want you to be making some music decisions, not going, well, there's a rest, I'll grab a breath. Because then what do you do? <gasps> you take all those breaths, you just, you're just sitting on a bunch of dead air at that point. Right. But yeah, but there's again, a rest there, but that doesn't mean you need a breath. Mr. Clark makes that very clear in his instructions. Yes. Right. Yeah. But the underlying thing here that he's sneaking up on everyone with is that that builds endurance. Yes, because, because this on ends, there. ends yeah. on a high C. The yep. etude yes. ends on a high C. And if you're talking about playing one, two, three, four, mm -hmm. five, six, seven, eight lines, right? Eight lines of 16th notes and ending on a high C, that's not going to be on the top of your breath. It's at the mm. end of your breath, and you should still have that high C at the end of your breath. Right, yep. and it makes you mindful of what you have to do to manage that, all mm -hmm. of that, to get there and still be in position to play that note. Absolutely. Brilliant. Yep. Absolutely brilliant. He was pretty yeah. good. He kind of knew what he was doing. Yeah. All right, and now the last study. <laughs> <laughs> Number four. <laughs> I love four. I actually love four, uh, and I started doing this on piccolo trumpet years and years ago to uh, for exactly what he's talking about. On the account of the difficulty of the producing a whole tone trill, which he says on the cornet, it's often irregular and clumsy. I'm like, right, piccolo, exactly the same. Yes. Yep. So why not play this on piccolo? One, for two reasons. One, get those whole tones together, and two, actually uh, build the, that finger dexterity in all keys, because I think way too often people play piccolo on lit, and they learn how to play a couple of things on piccolo, and then mm -hmm. they dust it off at Easter. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Yeah. How about having this ready to go no matter what you're going to do? Well, and I like your your method to do this on the pick then is to start in the middle and spider out. So yeah. you start on your reading C. Yeah, yeah, starting as written on C. Then down to B major and then up to, to D, D flat, flat. C sharp. Yep. Yeah, right. Kind of work your way out. And then also adding low F at the end for the four valve pick. Yes, especially on piccolo, you should be able to negotiate that and you know negotiate those fingers too. And right. also the alternate fingerings for fourth valve. Yes, right. I it's, do like working those in. You do. It's yes. Soul Two crushing. and four. But yeah, yes. when you when you watch it, it's. Yeah, the first time I was watching Bill watching me and watch him go, what's going on there? <laughs> well, I don't what really, what? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and that's why you practice really slowly at first. You want to build that coordination. At the first. Idea. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And, and over years afterwards. And, and again, please note, we're at the fourth study. And what does it say? Try to play Etude 4 in one breath. It is possible. It is it's possible. An so it's an entire page. It is an entire page. It's yep. totally possible. Totally possible. No problem. It requires and this, dynamic and speed. Yeah, but yes. this study, well, I mean, the whole fourth study, though, totally uh, overlooked by players. The idea mm -hmm. of the smoothness between 
whole steps in whole steps. in melodic playing yep. it gets rid of all the scratches and dents right mm -hmm. in the little transitions between notes whether it's a lip center slur of or pitch a valve to slur. center of pitch absolutely yeah but th this helps build that in an unbelievably dead simple major scale way right I mean, he keeps dropping in the information about multiple tonguing and single tonguing Yep, he He's, does it on, on three as well, saying, yep. hey, you know what, this works really well, single tongue and double tongue, it really does. Give and this, a, this etude can be overlooked without guilt because he puts sharps and flats in the same measure, which is not okay. And that's <laughs> so well, just right he out. Just, he didn't have an editor <laughs> wow. that, would, that would help out with that. I would have totally taken care of that for him. I actually love the way it's written, and it makes a lot of sense. So. It, does, it does make a lot of sense because when he's switching, he's switching keys. Yes, like those yeah. those sharps and flats in the same bar are absolutely key centers he's right. moving around. But man, what a great study to end on. Nice work, guys. <laughs> <laughs> so the fifth study. <laughs> Wait, what? Where's the yes. book? Yes. What? When you get to the fifth study, he starts by saying, I love this, endurance is 90% of cornet playing, because later on he says having a good instrument is 50%. So we're already at 140% before you start playing, <laughs> which I like. you got to work hard. But the fifth study was one, one of the first things I discovered uh, as an idea of what am I going to do to practice range isolated by itself every day? So when I was an undergrad, when I was first developing what I wanted to do every day, this is what I would end with. I would put in my commercial, my lead piece, for lack of a better up term. Up to double C. And, and right, I would play it. It's written all the way up to high F, and I thought, well, why would I just stop there? <laughs> of and, course and, you did. And one of my, one of my good friends, uh, uh, Sean Edmonds, who's in New York now, he's, a, he's played on Broadway, he's playing all kinds of great stuff in New York. I, he's the one who came into my practice room once. I think I was a junior, he was a <laughs> senior. <laughs> and I was playing right up Clark 5, metronome going, all, and I got up to high A, and he just opened my practice room door and was like, oh, so just what? B flat, B, and then double C, and you're done. And I'm like, yeah, that's pretty much what I'm doing here. And he's like, come on, man. I said, it's not that bad. Now, Sean at that time was really struggling with rage. And I said, I could show you. Like, he was like, okay, what time tomorrow? So, <laughs> but he started by just yelling at me. And I'm like, yeah, that's, that's exactly that's what I'm doing here. And you said, but this study is great because for a range study, you're starting two octaves below where you're going to end. And if yep. you're doing it right, meaning you're doing it in one breath, there's no place to stop, set up, shift, or get ready for the high note. Yep. Love exactly. it. It's it brilliant. Te it teaches you to lock your pinky in from the very beginning of the study. <laughs> <laughs> That's one way of looking at it. That'll free up your fingers, so too. So your friend, Sean, did you say, get your horn? Yeah, well, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, she came pretty much. Say that. I did. Yeah. I was like, you can totally do this. You're a good trumpet player. So again, diligent practice. Do not do not attempt this until you're ready. But then at the end, etude five, italics must be played in one breath. And at the <laughs> so top of now, the etude, yeah, play it does. It just says play the entire page in one breath and stop whining. Pretty yeah, much. Is what it, it says. In my edition, it would absolutely say no whining. No whining. Yes. Yeah. Maybe we need to put out a WTF edition of the Clark book. It's public domain <laughs> at this point. That would be great. <laughs> wow. We could wow. set it how we do it, in the up and down, start in the middle and out. We could do Which we could instrument do it. to play? Yeah, rearrange. Yeah. Oh, I like it. Yeah, suggest idea. the instrument, right? Yeah. Oh, I like, I like it. we got to talk uh, about this some more. That might be a, good, a good idea. idea. And I like the idea and stop whining. And we also have so much free time on our hands. This is going to go well. Yeah, <laughs> but play the entire page in one breath. Like, we're, now we're just there. But that's a great etude, though. Yeah, we're not saying it might be or it is possible. We're saying it, it, you just go do it. You just you have, to, have do it. to do that. Yeah, yeah, just keep going. You play your A's one and two, and that like six line down there, Joe. You play them third valve in this. In this one, 
Seventh line down. Oh, no, I play those one and two. All one yeah. and two? Yeah. Yeah. Do you play them third? Uh, I think I do. Yeah. yeah. Either works. It's good yeah. for variant. One yeah. and two plus the slide. Hardest, the hardest line for me is the fifth one down. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah all the way rough. down. Those low Gs. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's the good stuff right there. Yeah. I'll tell I you, that one's not as bad for me. Geez. That's I not bad. I listen to Joey play OG all day. <laughs> I, I'm going to be perfectly <laughs> honest with you. That line is not nearly as bad for me as the second to last line where you have to come all the way back down to the low chart before you go back up. <laughs> By then, I'm like, okay, low stuff's over. I'm like, nope, not so fast. I just think it's funny. And I don't know what made me think of this the other day. But some, I might have been watching something with the national anthem, and I remembered your Maynard story. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> just gold <laughs> getting ready to play you got me on those first three notes i got you boss <laughs> and he that's had what it. he was worried about he's worried about dumb bum that's what he's worried about. he is not worried about pasting the double c near the end no not an issue so good make sure we got those first i got you it's you got like, me on this yeah can you oh, cover me that's so good brian right. did you have any idea there's a sick study yeah we're halfway there now I'm looking at this this arrangement, this Hickman edition, which has all four books. I thought the third book would have started by now. <laughs> We're we are now halfway the through book. the Clark book. Oh, halfway. super weird. Halfway Who knew. Uh, evidently me. We're coming up on the landmark seven. Yeah, but six. We got to get to six first, right? And this is where, and I once we get past actually three. Most trumpet players have not spent a lot of time. Like the you first say. one and two, everybody does. And I, I remember the first time I showed like a student three, and they're like, "So, uh, what are we doing?" <laughs> yeah, boodly, doodly, 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 doodly. and they're like, "Oh, whoa, hold on a sec, there, cowboy." You know, but yeah. yeah. So when we get into six, this is really interesting stuff because what he's done now is it's the first time he's gone. We're going to do major and we're going to do minor. Yeah, we're going to alternate. Mm -hmm. We're going to do this pattern in minor, and then we're going to come back and we're going to do it in major. And it's almost like a variation of five. It's like the next step of five. Because it's, yeah. again, it's making those finger patterns a little bit more complex. You're getting both tonalities, but you're also getting just over two octaves in each study. So you yes. gotta really you gotta really have your fingers together. You gotta have your flexibility together. You gotta be really going. And these are longer. Right, these are mm -hmm. a, a good two measures longer than anything else that's come before it as well. Yeah. So uh, he writes at the same time, endurance, technique, elasticity of lips, and the knack of reading music rapidly is gained. You're building all of these things, and this the the idea of reading music uh, rapidly needs to be talked about. The number of times I've been mm -hmm. sitting somewhere in a recording studio or doing something, and there's some really bunch of sixteenth note things, and I'll play, and somebody next to me go, how did you read that? I'm like, well, you know, it's just this. Recognizing the patterns, this book will give you an enormous number of patterns that if you really yeah. spend the time with, you'll start recognizing in everything you play. Yep. Yeah, you're just you're building vocabulary. Right. So then I it's like, oh, this is just like Clark 6. Oh. I love that. Boom. I love the attitude here. Perhaps now you will realize that much more benefit is derived from playing these exercises in one breath than by holding long tones. <laughs> yeah, he's vibing long tones. Whoa. Totally Whoa. vibing long totally tones. Totally vibing them. I actually believe in both. <laughs> yes. But yeah, he's totally vibing long tones. That is correct. Yeah. But yeah, it's great. So you got minor and you got major all the way through. Dynamite. 
And this sixth, the sixth etude, woo! Pretty sticky. Pretty now he doesn't sticky. say to play this in one breath, and it, it might be a little bit too long. And there's a full quarter rest, about two thirds down. Yep. So I think kind of there's a built-in rest into this one. So we're not saying you need to do this in one breath. There's a place to grab one, and you'll be fine. I like that he didn't use any of these staccato sixteenth figures in the etude. That's my mm-hmm. favorite thing. Yes, yeah, it's <laughs> almost all slurred, slurred, so Bill's, you know, Bill, Bill's in. Very yep. happy with that. Yeah. I'm very happy with the way he wrote it. Yeah. And then this, if we're moving on. Yeah, let's go to seven. Was the day when Joey says, <laughs> you guys need the Clark book? And we're like, shut up. We don't need the Clark book. And he goes, all right, Clark seven. And we, we looked at each other. <laughs> With, no, and I we're say, professors. With, we don't need the Clark book. What are you talking about? Genuine looked at each other with genuine confusion. <laughs> and both knowing the genuine. other one was, was in the same boat. <laughs> yes. Like, oh no. And Brian might have been the one that spoke spoke up and said, um, where did you say the book was? <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe we do need a Clark it's book. Right behind you. Because <laughs> this is yeah. another I actually think this is a brilliant study. I think it combines the best parts of number one and number three. So it's chromatic triplets, which are cool, and then chordal as well. So it kind of yep. expands both one and three and puts them together. Yes. So you gotta have that chromat you gotta have that chromaticism, the finger dexterity of the chromaticism, and the flexibility of playing chords at the same time. You gotta put those things together and over the course of a whole octave. And this is the kind of study if you are thinking about using you know your classically you know derived technique as a crossover thing into jazz this is giving you some help with structures and progression you start to understand right the way the triads work in seventh chords and things like that it's good right because you're going one four one five one as Mm -hmm. as a chord progression which if you know anything about blues you know one 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 four four one one five four one one is a pretty simple blues you can get away with. Here, you, here you're giving all the chords. These are major versions of those chords. You make dominant versions of those chords, and you're done. The first time he said that to Brian, Brian just went, "What?" He was so angry. One 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 one. <laughs> Wait, what? It's just that simple. Don't just make it harder. Easy. Make it easier. Yeah, yeah. but they, yeah, the Love seven study Clark seven. Clark and on amazing. and in the thing in Joey's prescribed thing on flugelhorn, on flugelhorn. love it on flugelhorn, which is taking you from low G to C yeah. above the staff on flugelhorn. On flugelhorn, people should actually play above the staff on the flugelhorn. We should say we also all keep track of the tempos we're currently using. Yeah, these Joey does a click a day up, and then does a retake when it gets super messy. Yeah, when it gets to, when I'm bumping my head against the wall, then cut it in half and yep. start over. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And this etude, track. this etude is a distinct pain in the butt because you go all the way through that study, <laughs> yeah. and then you get to the etude and go like, "What's all this? Why are all these diminished things coming?" And then yes. just when you think you're safe, you get towards the end, and it makes you start tonguing. Yep. Yeah. And that's well, what Bill's I play like. this for Mr. Couch in college. In college. <laughs> yeah. I, I thought this was only a half page. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Brian, look, there's an eighth. Yeah, oh my of course there's what an is, eighth. What is happening? This is and now eighth is really, really, really a pain in the butt because what ideally, I, I mean, you're doing chromatic triplets for two octaves, <laughs> and then you're doing chromatics for two octaves back yep. to back. So you're yes. going like, and then you know, chromatic up and down, chromatic half step triplets. Giant pain in the butt. And if you do this right, and I haven't used this one in a while, maybe it's time to pull this one back out and throw it back in. Yeah. yeah. You should be doing it once and then triple tonguing it once. It's set up perfectly. It is perfect for that. <laughs> yes, it is. Yes. 
Absolutely. And, of course, and he says the same thing. Practice them both with single and triple tonguing. So if you're go. learning this slowly, and then when you're getting faster, right, get that get locked and loaded. So you have that fluidity, not just of fingers, but of articulation. No offense to you personally, Bill. Yes. <laughs> but I do love the language here. Well, a couple things. When practice softly, so the reminder for that. But in the beginning, uh, to test technique, flexibility of lips, and also for acquiring fluency of tone. Yes. Yeah. yeah you want, and, and this is where, you know, the consistency of sound, you know, he talks about as being primary at the beginning of the book. And if you can do that while you're, you know, wagging your fingers this fast and triple tonguing, then mm -hmm. you're doing it right. Yeah. Then you can play. You can There's really a lot of there. things you can play. Absolutely. There's a lot of things that are going to look really easy after that's, you practice that study. That's the idea. If you've really put this whole book and you have really spent some serious time in this whole book, you're going to walk into whatever your ensemble you play with and go, I mean, really? I can do that. That's Big the note. idea. Big the, note songbook. The long-term long -term, uh, second trumpet in the Cleveland Orchestra, Mr. Zauder, who was eventually the personnel manager, um, he played the entire Clark book on B-flat trumpet every day. See, Oof. we would have been best friends. That was there the thing go. he did first thing in the morning in there the office. He did the entire sense. Clark book. I get it. He only played B-flat or cornet in the orchestra. Oh, my yeah. gosh. Yeah. Well, that would... That seems so limiting. That would drive me nuts. Yeah. One time they convinced him to do the um, Vivaldi using a D trumpet. He played the second part on D trumpet. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Fabulous. Love it. All right, we're still going. We're still going because there's, still there's more. more. Right, because wow. then we get to the ninth study. We've got to get to the ninth study. Now, the ninth there's study is chromatics. great. It's totally chromatic, but it, this is, again, another sort of range study here. Yep. Right, because the first the first one of these starts at low F sharp, goes up to D, above mm -hmm. the staff, but in a seamless chromatic line, just play me all the way up to D and then all the way back to low F sharp, because this is the one. If you turn the page, I think we're all on the same page here. Yep, it's a relatively short study because when you start on low B, B below the staff, that gets you all the way up to high G. Right. right? So if you can play that. And you're playing from low B all the way up to high G and all the way back down you know, with a repeat, maintaining sound, maintaining fingers, maintaining, and again, single tongue, maybe double tongued. Right. Then you're uh, in good shape. A little bit of errata here because sometimes these books are published with mistakes. There's one here. The F's are written as first valve. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> you, have a, you, you have an issue with that there, uh, Professor right Stillman? They are Different open. than Bill's fingering chart. Yes. They are open. <laughs> Yes, discovering that Bill had no range problems, had fingering problems, was a revolution for both of us. <laughs> well, that is your problem. You just don't know your fingering. Exactly. <laughs> you still don't have an explanation for my dilemma. No, I'll be, I, I, you're just doing it so wrong we don't know what to do. <laughs> so, Yeah, you're crazy. That's the problem. That, is, that, that. Is, that is the thing. There is that. So that gets us all the way to 10. Right. right? Now, 10 interesting. Yeah. He starts, the cornet has unlimited possibilities. This is I true. Love this. I love this because I think it applies to the trumpet as well, obviously. Yeah. yeah. I think way too often we think, well, yeah, but we're just trumpet players. We can't really. No, 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 no. Oh, no, 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 no. Because now what he's taking is saying we can actually, uh, what does he say here? Demonstrated nearly every day, ingenious players have a knack of figuring out some stuff out. So this study illustrates how by using arpeggios, a melody may be played to sound complete without an accompaniment. So what he's written out here, 
it's a, a page of half notes. But it's a nice little melody because mm-hmm. he's giving you arpeggiations as as grace notes, as pickups to every one of these things. Yeah. This looks like a transcription of Brian trying to play just the half notes. <laughs> <laughs> but then he, so he gives you a, a couple of studies, right? Just just a couple of studies there, and then wrote out an Irish ballad, and then that an is, old I German love folk that. song. That one, and, the Irish and, ballad. And, and so these are giving you like, all right, can you actually play these with those chordal uh, introductions mm-hmm. so they sound fluid, lovely, and don't disrupt the melody, but actually accent and outline that melody. If you can do that, then look, he's actually finishing this book by saying, okay, I've given you all this technique. Now can you play me a whole page of half notes and sound melodic? Think about that. Yeah, brilliant. Right? And most people never get to the end of the book because they spend all their time in the first two studies and go, yeah, these are good, I'm out. No, 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 no. If you get to the end of this and you can play those last two studies and convincingly like that, then you've done it right. That's what we're talking about. Yeah. Everything else Uh, is easy. I would be hard-pressed. You know, I always, the the Arbin always ends up as being the Desert Island book, right? Of course, because there's so much in it. Because you've got the melodies and the flexibility Mm -hmm. and everything else. But I'll tell you what, I don't know. I think that this book has helped more, and in my own teaching, has helped the development of more players maybe than Arbin has. I'm going to go out on a limb and say that. Yeah, but this, this I always book, think of them as a pair. I'm like, when kids will say, all right, so I'm calling what do I need? I said, if you have a Clark book and an Arbin book, when you show up, we're going to be fine. Yeah. Yes. We'll, we'll start there and work out. Those are requirements. Yeah. yeah. That, those are the, you know, absolutely. These are no-brainers. You need both of these. And yep. by the way, if you're looking for that, what Brian said earlier, the autobiography of Herbert L. Clark, How I Became a Cornetist, there is a free version available. You can, so yep. you can just download it online. So yeah. don't be afraid. It's offered. Uh, BrassHistory.net. That or there's a PDF version, oddly enough, available from the Kalamazoo Public Library. Yeah, right. So you can just go there and hit download. It's it's there for you. So don't be afraid to go You know, read up on what Mr. Clark had to say because he was pretty happy with how he did it. It was, he was, was definitely cool. happy yeah. with how he did it. Very cool. Well, hopefully, uh, this intrigues some folks to dig in, right? Maybe get past two. Brian and I now know there's more <laughs> than four. We've been introduced <laughs> to more than four. But I like the idea of uh, changing some things out and kind of plugging some of these into the daily routine that don't mm-hmm. often get done because they are incredibly valuable. Yeah. Good stuff. All right, boys, time for no offense. Since today's episode is devoted to the Clark book, you need to be sure you follow these three steps as a follow-up and be sure you heard us loudly and clearly today. Step one, make the Clark book non-negotiable in your daily practice. Step two, order Clark books for your trumpet players if they don't have them. And step three, make sure everyone you know is not playing a 7C. Sorry, it's been a minute. (laughs) (laughs) And we're back. Didn't see that coming. It's been a minute. (laughs) We're back. I was feeling the urgency to... Nice. Circle back. <laughs> yeah. Make that, sure we talked about it. And and here's the interesting part. The, the Clark book is essentially public domain at this point. Yeah. So if you're worried about the cost of it, I don't think you should feel bad about downloading this for free at this point. Yeah. It's right. public domain. If you can find a, an old version for free online, I don't think you're in any danger there. You should ha- you need this book. Students need to have it. You, yeah. they, this you, is an important it's an important part of our pedagogy. It is important it's great stuff. This is the thing that really is that good and everybody does it. Well, and I will say too, like I mean, Brian and I, I don't, Brian, I don't know how much you were using it before we started to to jump into doing the thing with Joey. I was using it in my teaching and playing it, of course, but, yeah, but not to the extent 
that we have started to do it with doing the thing. So, I mean, I, I'm grateful to have, have got back in. And if it's been a while since you spent time with the Clark book, go back. You'll be amazed at how much it'll help you. I did one of my lecture recitals on the Clark books. Uh, oh, nice. Yep. So I've had a number of especially graduate students show up here and I'm like, all right, so tell me about your relationship with the Clark book. And <laughs> a couple of them will say like, yeah, I used to do those when I was younger. I'm like, oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. So you, you, you've you got them. Well, I did oh, and then, and then usually Clark, around so. that time, they're like, wait a minute. This is a trap. <laughs> this is a trap. <laughs> this is absolutely <laughs> a trap. Yeah, totally a trap. Absolutely. Warning, yeah. warning. All right, boys. Well, that should about do it for today. Hey, stay tuned. Tell your friends and neighbors. And it's been long enough. It's zero Clark 30. (laughs) So long for now. Remember to keep an open mind, but more importantly, an open bell.